This is Banging on the Drum. It is another beautiful day in West Central Wisconsin, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 15 of Banging on the Drum. I am your host here, P-Dog, along with my co-host over there, M-Dog. Yeah, I didn't think there was going to be so much energy in that bark, but how you doing up there in West Central Wisconsin there, M-Dog? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. What about you? How, how's, how are things in Florida? Things are going well in Florida. Um, like always, I think I'm not going to be busy, and I am still busy. So I, I'm just thinking that's life from here on out. So I think I'm going to stop mentioning that because I'm sure everybody – listening in their car all 10 of them are like well no shit dude like this this yeah. is enough that's called being a human being that's trying that's an to adult <laughs> contribute to society a little bit yeah. um but yeah other than that things are good uh feel like we prepared a pretty good show here so let's dig into you why are you just all right you seem you seem like well, you're so, down in the dumps well so i was headed to work today and um like so i got like a 35 minute drive and just about like 15 minutes in it just hit me and so like i'm trying to pinch it for uh you know the next 15 minutes and i just can't i shit my pants on the way to work this morning <laughs> so the pot <laughs> Uh, I didn't know it was going to lead off with a banger like that. And so like the positive part was I, I had a diaper on, so it was no big deal. I'm just fucking with you. So I'm just, uh, so this is part of our, uh, our doc here. And I was just dicking with Pat a little bit, but uh, I did not shit my pants on the way to work. Um, You should have just rolled with it, Mike. I, (laughs) I even wrote that in the doc and I did not think that, where you were going with it at all oh yeah so i just uh, yeah when i saw it i was like oh, i'm gonna roll with it see what happens uh, i can't like stick that out i guess so i feel like even though i was willing to shit my pants for the bet stuff i was pretty embarrassed even just saying that i shit my pants <laughs> i don't think i would that would be under like i would just avoid that one if it actually did yeah. happen yeah it could, definitely think, could right yeah but, no, I think you need like a week grace period to think about that little one. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but I, I don't know. My shame and some stuff is gone. So I, th- I think yeah, I could let that's it fair. right away. So, yeah. Um, no, but so my under is, uh, so I've just been kind of running all weekend. And now I just feel like the last two days, yesterday and today, I've just felt like shit, like wanted to go to bed at like 730 last night. Right. So like, uh, I'm putting my kids to bed pretty early because they got up early and then we knew today would be like wild with Halloween. Right. So we're out trick or treating and all that stuff. So we knew, and I fell asleep before the Packers game, but I set my alarm so that I was going to give you up at like seven twenty or whatever the start time was. And like, so like I wake up after like a 10 minute nap at seven o'clock last night. And then I watched the game and I could have just, slept through it and like watched the highlights the next day and been like, yeah, that's about what I expected from the Packers. Right. So like, I think that I'm like a little bit sick, but I'm not like my nose isn't stuffed up. It's just like, 
it's tough for me to do things like to like be active. Right. So I'm just tired. Yeah. Kind of weird. No, I think it's hitting you. I think I put it in your head that people need eight hours of sleep and you get like <laughs> five hours of sleep. It seems like, I, I don't know how, like I was saying last time, like how people operate on such little sleep. I was a little sluggish today, but, um, I started watching some football games, like getting ready for this. And I got a little bit excited, but your under is you're tired. You're tired. Yeah, and man. so, and, and yeah. And so like I was working, I was doing shit all weekend. Right. So like I finished, I was finishing my bathroom. I was like working on making sure the lawn is clean. Cause it's really nice right now. So like we've had like 65 degree days, like I probably could have been trick or treating and, shorts and a t-shirt if I had to be tonight. Right. So, um, for you, it's like perfect, um, shorts and sweatpants or sweatshirt weather. Right. Oh, I love that shit. Yeah. That's what yeah. it's kind of is like that down here right now, but it's, yeah. a so little too long. it's that in the morning and then I sweat in the afternoon. So I had to take it off. Yeah. So, it, so I've just been like busy, been doing stuff. And so like, I think that that contributes to like me being tired or whatever. But my over, um, I'm going to give two of them tonight. So like, I'm like probably like 98% done with my bathroom, right? So floors in, tubs in, um, it's all painted, drywall's all done. Uh, everything's ready to go except for the trim. And then I have like two floorboards to put in like a one, like that's like a half inch. And then one right at the threshold when you go in the door and then I'm done. But like. I'm going to just like put that off for the next like six years, probably. No, just get it done. Mike, get it done. That hard time pushes out soft time. I heard that. So just get your hard time done and then you'll be getting some soft time with uh, all the things you enjoy, hanging out with your kids, eating all their candy. Yeah. Yep. Um, Yeah. uh, That's going to take take some precedence here. I'm going to have to start working out if I start eating all their candy, but I do intend to start eating all their candy. So and that uh, kind of le- rolls right into my other over for the week. And just like a perfect night for trick or treating kids were pumped, did really, really good. Like just running, you know, like thanking everybody. I'm pretty sure my middle son, like when we'd run into the, like take one would kind of like, do a, like a five figure discount for two or three on every piece of candy. Cause he's a little shyster like that a little bit. Uh, he definitely had more candy than my daughter and my other son, which is weird. Cause we went to all the same houses. So it was like an obvious more too. That's my, that's my favorite kid of yours now. Yeah. I think that you would like him. He's the, he is definitely the most reckless for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I always like, I like the project of I like the underdog. Not not that that would be the underdog, but a little bit. If you don't if you don't come with a little bit of trouble, I'm not I'm not messing with you too much. That that's not true at all. But anyways, I do enjoy uh, the shits, the little the little yeah buttheads. yeah. So you enjoy those kids the most, especially if they're not yours, right? Oh, like, yeah. and, and like, I like, you know, my kids are all really good, right? They're, they're all fine. Um, but like, if you have a kid that is like in your social circle, 
that is the little shit, that's the kid you like to like hang out with, like <laughs> pick on, <laughs> like do shit with. Cause he, he's a wild man. He might smoke. get hit in the balls once or twice, but <laughs> he'll smoke a cigarette with you. Uh, well, yeah. Um, what was it? Rumpelstiltskin? Are you, whatever, the big daddy line. Like, you know, woohoo or whatever. Whatever. Nah, I didn't. Uh, I, I didn't yeah, do so it I'm right. missing that one. I didn't do it right. Well, sounds like you had a pretty good week up in West Central Wisconsin. And down here, so I'll get into, I got to do my overs first. I know I always would preach, do your under first, and then leave them with the overs. But I had a pretty light week here. So over, we were uh, looking at stories from our like Snapchat or whatever from a year ago. Like my, my wife and I would have them. And that was the time we were fostering three baby, there were three baby white kittens. And we're like, ah, oh, shit. I kind of miss having those little shits around the house all the time, like up to mischief and up to no good. Uh, so, and she did too. So we, we'd had some before. So we've been getting these like reminders that like last year we had like cute little cats at our house. And my wife was just like, should we try to see if we could foster like cats here? Because we don't really know all the rules. I don't think anybody in my uh, apartment complex listens to this. I actually know nobody does. But we're probably not supposed to have, like, extra animals. I think we're already, like, one animal over the limit of animals we're supposed to have. But our animals are, like, very good. So it's, it's like, if someone had an issue with them, it's, like, their issue. Like, they would just be yeah. following some dumb rule that doesn't need to exist so anyways we saw that we decided let's try to see if we can find some kittens that need need a little place to get fostered sure as shit we reach out to the lady we used to foster cats for and she she knew somebody in Tallahassee and we got three little baby black cats like immediately oh black cat you got black cats on Halloween essentially Pretty much, yeah. No, interesting. No, it, it was great too. Um, and yeah, they're cute as shit. Like kittens. I mean, all kittens are pretty damn cute. Um, but my under is these have been the most difficult of all the kittens we've ever had. So there's one of them that just comes out and is like the sweetest cat you'll ever see. Like, lets me like pick it up, like do whatever, you know, like throw it in. I don't throw it in the air, but like, whatever, if I did, it doesn't seem like it would give a shit, like hangs out with my dogs, like messes with my dogs a little bit. Like if my dogs gives it some shit back, like it doesn't care, like it just shakes it off. But then we have two of them that will not let us touch them. Like they are, I don't even know what the word, like petrified, I guess, like, and we're, we're like doing like slow steps. And today we got a little uh, ahead of ourselves and we were like, we've been letting the one cat just out roam. That's like super nice. So we're like, we'll just let the other two and like, maybe they'll like appreciate the freedom from the little like play pen that we keep them in. But man, almighty, 
I like tried to pick one up today. Like I, I even put like socks on my hands and it was a savage, just like an absolute, like crazy. What it was like trying to pick up a squirrel, like in the wild, like <laughs> it was crazy. And it just scared the shit out of me. I don't know how, but like some miracle, one of them wandered back into like the little playpen. So we locked that that sucker up right when I walked in the playpen. And then the other one jumped on top of the playpen and I can unzip it. And I unzipped it. So it like went back in there. But anyways, like the under it is like, these have been the most difficult kittens. So it's a little like discouraging because you just like want like cute cats in your house so you can like just mess with them and like that they hang out with your animals and then they're socialized. And then you know when they go like to their homes eventually that they're going to be like good cats i don't know if i I don't know if we're going to get to the point with these ones where they're going to be good and like people have been trying to give us tips like like to pick them up and like wrap them in a burrito they call it a little burrito instead of burrito and then like you're supposed to be able to like mess with them and like they like makes them more social but I try, like I said, I tried to pick one up today and man, it was like, it, it was scary. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. I would think. Yeah. Like, I don't know what you, what you're doing there. Right. Yeah, no, but like, you would think with like how cute it was, you'd just be like, pick it up and be like, oh, okay, like whatever, like it's going to hiss at me a little bit, but man, this thing was like fighting for its life. Like it thought I was going to kill it for picking it up and it would not stop until it got away from me. So, so every day, 10 seconds, got to just hold them. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, so my wife's making a little bit more progress than me. She, she did end up holding one of of them. That was a little bit spicy and he was, he was cool with it. Like I saw it, but he was still like skeptical. Like, so, I mean, slowly, but surely, um, and yeah, that's what I got for my overs and unders. We're we're uh, we're back to fostering cats or kittens, so that's fun. And yeah, I think that's is, cool. Yeah, no, it, it's a good time. Um, I am an animal person now. I used to consider myself a dog person, but now I'm all animals. All animals are welcome in my house. Next Even up is squirrels. My cousins have squirrels. It's the craziest thing. Like they like, like raise house squirrels, mm-hmm. like foster squirrels. Like they raise them until they can go out on their own. Uh, squirrels, raccoons. It, I think it was mostly squirrels and raccoons, like for odd animals that you would have in your house. But yeah, yeah. they would raise like big raccoons and stuff. Those things are awesome. Raccoons, squirrels. I enjoy squirrels. Like they like coexist with like humans very well. Like they live in the city. But like if you yep. ever look a squirrel in the eye, like there's just nothing. Like they're kind of freaky. I don't trust squirrels. Yeah, they're a little squirrely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they are. But from there, we'll go into our next segment. Um, we got to start coming up with fake sponsors for every segment. I know that was one thing I wanted to do off the bat. So we are yeah. going to go to 
Barking About the Bucks, brought to you by Pepperonis. Pepperonis, buy some pepperonis for your dogs. They will love them. They will thank you for them. Uh, they're cheap, and your dogs love you and will love you more when you give them a pepperoni. But we're going to keep uh, barking with the Bucks pretty quick because this time around, the Bucks are 5-0, and so they're staying undefeated. Uh, since the last episode, they went out and beat the Knicks at home uh 119 to 108 and then they beat the Hawks also in Milwaukee 123 to 115 but they are just out working people uh currently they're playing against the Pistons they've had a long so I think their first game was a home or was a road game and then it's been home games ever since so we got a pretty lucky stretch there I, I don't know if I'd call it lucky I mean they're still dominating them but we've had a pretty long home stretch, and the Bucs are a good team. Uh, currently, Bucks are playing against Detroit right now, and they're up 85 to 69. So it doesn't look like that uh, winning streak that we got going. Our undefeated streak is going to end anytime soon. Giannis has just been an absolute monster. I've dreamed 34.4 points per game, 14 rebounds per game, and 5.8 assists per game um i guess i think the best part about this run so far is we haven't had pat connington or chris middleton our second best player and we're still just going out there and working team so this bucks team i mean everyone knew they were going to be a championship contender before coming into the season they might have been able to win the championship last year if chris middleton doesn't go down um, yeah, but yeah, they're good not, possibility, right? Yeah, they're they're not disappointing at all. Uh, Holiday's playing like a madman, uh, playing the point guard position like he should be, leading the team with assists, two assists per game, two steals per game. Brooke Lopez is averaging 3.6 blocks a game. So just everywhere you need a player to be playing well, the Bucks have it going right now. And they don't have their – so, I mean, if you're going to power rank the Bucks starting lineup, obviously you're going to go Giannis, Middleton, probably Holiday, Lopez. I don't know where I'm at with it, but Connington. Um, and every, everyone's just playing good. So, looking good. Is yeah, the Bucks, even, Bucks are dominant right now, and that's that's a plus. We need something. Yeah, yeah, with the the way the football season's been going with us, Badgers and Packers included, uh, hasn't been the best year. Uh, we're we're a little bit spoiled of a fan base when it comes to football, and you can definitely see it, man. Packers fans are very like entitled to think that like the team should be so so great all the time, which maybe I'm the asshole for just riding no, the waves. So I don't think so, Pat. So I think that the difference is, is that a lot of people became Packer fans because they were good. Right. So we have a large fan base of people like 
I wouldn't say most of the people that we are around on an everyday basis are, or that I'm around on an everyday basis in the state of Wisconsin are Packer fans because they became good. But I think that all our fringe fans, all the people, like they would have been fans of the Bears had they been good, right? So if you were like just kind of a football fan and you're paying attention, and then they start getting loud when the Packers get bad and they want everything to fucking change. They want us to turn straight into the Browns immediately and just make drastic changes every time the wind fucking blows. Then we'll be terrible all the time. Yeah. And so I think we have a lot of like fans that were fans because we're good. And now that they're, they are mad because we're having a year that we're not good. And so when we have four or five years that are really under par out of 30, like that's when those guys come out of the work woodwork, you know? Yeah. And I think I've just noticed it like more and more uh, as time goes on, it's like sports is a lot of people's like outlet and people need like an outlet. Maybe it's like my outlet for like frustration is like going to the gym or something. I don't feel like I'm mad when I'm in the gym, but like, I feel like there's a lot of people uh, watching sports that just want to point out the negative shit and that won't ever be able to point out like, the good shit, the Dobbs catch, uh, how well we ran the ball. Um, but yeah, let, let's just get into it right now. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to jog everybody's memory, but we're going to go into our Packers recap. We need a more clever name with that. Uh, we're, we'll, we'll call it running with the pack. We'll keep, we'll keep it dog, dog themed here. So we're going to go running with the pack but brought to you by grizzly wintergreen and what i was trying to say when i was fumbling all my words there is i'm just going to give like a quick uh recap of the whole thing just to jog everybody's memory that's listening to this so this this might get uh a little long-winded just because i don't know exactly how i'm going to do it yet but uh Anyways, let's just go. So first drive of the game, uh, Buffalo gets the ball and the Packers force them to a three and out. Uh, Packers get the ball back. Look like they have a pretty good drive going, get over the 50, and then we turn the ball over on downs. Um, sure as shit, Josh Allen and the Buffalo. Now we're in Bills. field goal range there, right? Like we can probably kick a long field goal. Uh, fringe field goal range. I mean, I think we yep. tried to hit that field goal late in the game and we didn't hit it. And I would say yep. that was about the same point. And I don't even disagree with like the decision to go for it. No, nope, neither much in that. Honestly, if they were to kick a field goal and miss a field goal, I'd be more pissed than if they went for it and didn't get it, which is what they did. But if they punted it, I would have been better with, I would have wanted to see either a punt or I guess if they go out there and drill a 53, 55 yard field goal, I'm cool with it, I guess. But if they pin them back deep, but whatever we go for it, uh, play didn't look too great. They got some heat on Rogers incomplete pass Um, takeover in pretty good field position. Then the bills drive is at eight. Eight play, sixty-one yard drive, uh, capped off with the dos or yeah, 
Dawson Knox uh, touchdown catch from Josh Allen. And I mean, Josh Allen's just like a cheat code on that drive is even when you're covering the receivers while he's running the ball and even the Dawson Knox touchdown, it was, it was a pick your poison. I, I can't remember what linebacker was like out there, like trying to cover this, but he was just in no man's land. He, he had to make the decision whether he was going to, you know, tackle, uh, yeah, yeah Smith missed the uh he got around the edge on Smith and then whoever it was, I want to say it was Amos, had to come off a knock and and uh to attend to Allen and Allen just flipped it over his head. Yeah. And still at that point in the game, like I'm not too disappointed. I'm more disappointed that we didn't take advantage. If you're going to beat the Bills, you got to take advantage when you get a three and out. You got to put yep. at least three points on the board, and we weren't able to do it. And even worse, like we gave them the ball with a good field position. Uh, we get the ball back, three and out, pretty dog shit drive, three plays, five yards. And then, sure as shit again, uh, Josh, well, whatever, the Buffalo Bills go down and score another touchdown. Uh, making the game 14 to nothing at that point. But this is where I was kind of impressed. So where the Packers had been falling, I guess we haven't even really been falling behind in games. But for some reason, like we had it in our head that we were going to run the ball. And we got down 14 to nothing, and they didn't stop that. Bunch of short passes. Play calling was like very stubborn in like, you know, we're going to stick to this game plan, like where we're going to get Jones the ball. They've been listening to Mike, get Jones the ball, get Jones the ball. Get Jones I think everybody, everybody on the, everybody in Wisconsin knew you give the ball to, uh, to Jones more, even Lafleur and Rogers and the offensive coordinator. And it just wasn't happening for whatever reason. They, everybody knows you're supposed to. And like, they just weren't doing it. Even the guys calling the plays knew it and still didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they ate up a shit ton of clock on that drive. Uh, it was an eight minute, 38, eight minute, 38 second drive, 12 plays, 80 yards and capped off with just a beautiful catch by Romeo Dobbs uh, in the back of the end zone. Like, one of the best catches we've seen of the season. The best catch we've seen of the season. Yeah, I would uh, agree. From from the Packers. And I would say that, like, he learned something from his early failures kind of in the end zone. Is that, or, like, maybe a, a preseason game where he got a ball taken away from him. That once he gets his hands on the ball, it's got to get secured immediately. And he's got to, it's got to be held strong through the entire play. Right. And I think that that's like a learning point. I'm not saying he's going to get that every time and he's going to be able to do it every time. But that's what I saw in that play is that he gets his hands on the ball and all of a sudden it is tucked away immediately. And he's and he's like holding it strong. Right. So he's not going to the ground kind of weak with it, like not worried about how he falls. He's catching the ball. That's the important thing. And he didn't give up on it at all because it looked he got like, turned around like four times. Yeah, like it looked like he looked over the wrong shoulder at first, 
So then he goes, like, I want to say he looks over his left shoulder and the ball is going to his right shoulder. And then he turns right to look over his right shoulder and realizes it was really going to his left shoulder. And then he does a full 360. Like instead of turning his head back left, he just spins and catches the ball. Like, so, I mean, it's, it's like the plays in baseball. Like when a guy gets a bad read on the ball and has to dive and make a catch, like, I don't know yeah, if that maybe. was like necessarily the situation, but it definitely made it look cool. Uh, but yeah, after that, so score is seven to 14. And then sure enough, this Buffalo team is just a wagon, like hard to stop. They put together eight play 80 yard drive, uh, eating up four minutes and 21 seconds of the clock. And end up getting an Isaiah McKenzie seven yard rushing touchdown. Uh, that was kind of on like an end around thing, if I remember correctly. And the Packers have been getting yeah. eat, uh, eaten, 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 whatever. They've been getting killed on end arounds. And this, this was uh, no, no different in this one, but I think we did fail to mention on the, First touchdown drive of the game for the Buffalo is just the just dog shit tackling that came with it. Like we were not putting down a guy in open space. Granted, you know, Josh Allen's not the normal, typical, easy to tackle quarterback. I, I wouldn't say quarterbacks are normally easy to tackle, but he's one of the harder guys to tackle. Yeah. Like, I, I think he would he's, go up there. He's big, he's fast, he's powerful, he's willing to put his head down, right? He's a he's a bit of a problem. Yeah, he's kind of an to asshole the least. too. Yeah, like it, it's he runs. I mean, I'm not trying to take anything away from like Derrick Henry, but like he runs more like a back, like yeah, than than yep. a quarterback runs. Is like he he embraces the contact. I mean, he has been getting smarter. We seen him slide a couple times, but but anyway. Yeah, so uh, I think what we failed to mention in the first uh, half here is the ejection from for by for Quay Walker. I can't which so it came like with two minutes and like 30 seconds left in the first half. I thought it came earlier than that, but it was damn near the end of the first half. So it might have happened on this drive that we're okay. talking about right now. And and yeah that sure didn't help. So and Christian Watson went down on the first drive of the game after making a 12 yard catch we got him the ball in space. Like it looked like we had a concerted effort. Like we were going to find a way to get Jones and Watson, the ball quite a bit. And like a lot of people are saying that he's soft and he can't deal with anything, but I don't think that he has a choice on whether the NFL pulls you out for concussion protocols. No. And if you watch that, that's not a thing. Yeah. You know, so like you go, I'm just saying that I'm just saying that, Everybody's like, you know, he can't make it in the NFL because he didn't play at a high, like a super high level in college football. And I think that that's really not accurate. I think that he has a hamstring pull, which re-aggravates all the fucking time. And then this time he gets hit in the head and the NFL says, you have to sit down. And like, he doesn't have a choice about it. Yeah, no, in his eyes, he, he had a full, he had a concussion. 
he had a concussion that I could diagnose immediately. <laughs> if, if not immediately, I won't say because I kind of thought that when he like first went down and didn't get up, I was like, is this guy just soft? And then I, I want to say like they went back and showed the replay and it wasn't immediately. It was like three plays later. And I was like, God, like I, I didn't see what would have happened to him. But then you can just see you if you looked into his eyes, like the lights went out for sure. Like they yeah. they went like white, like his pupils rolled to like the back of his head. And I don't think that's like a voluntary response. To- <laughs> no, he's just he's just doing that for fun. It's almost <laughs> yeah. Halloween, so you why not, right? Yeah. Um, I want to get into the Quay Walker thing a little bit. Um, so that ejection bothers me like in my soul, right? So he gets ejected because he pushes a guy off of him, right? So that guy isn't doing anything bad. So I don't want to like pretend that I think that guy's doing something wrong. But if we're going to eject guys for pushing someone who's already touching them off of them from the other team, those guys that are like on the sidelines need to be at least 10 yards off the field. Right. So they can, they shouldn't be anywhere near the sideline. If when a player stands up, he like tries to like remove himself from a situation that he doesn't like when that guy's already touching him, he shouldn't get in trouble for that. So the 15 yard penalty, whatever. So pushing a guy after the play, okay, I can understand unsportsmanlike conduct for the league to call and say, all right, we need to kick him out of this game because of this. I think that that is one of the silliest rules the NFL has to eliminate that guy for he did not put his hands on that player. That player put so the assist uh, or the pack practice squad player for the Bills put his hands on Quay Walker first, right? Not that he's doing anything bad, and all Quay Walker is doing is saying, "Get get the fuck away from me." That's all he's doing, and then he removes himself from the situation. Yeah, it, I mean, it was a stupid penalty, but I 100% agree with you that, like, that's what it should have been. It should have been a 15-yard penalty. Wait, we shouldn't have been happy about it by any means, but kicking him out of the game um, for pushing, like, a competent person, like, a practice squad. Like, I get it if it was, like, a, I don't know, like, an old coach. Um, I so know you're I don't not get that. So I don't get that at all because – if that's the case that uh, someone who's standing on the sideline, that's a member of the team, right? They need to be further away from the play. If that's the case, if we're going to kick guys out of games over that, they need to be further away from the play so that those situations, you know, don't come up at all. Like on the field, we watched guys throughout the whole rest of the game, you know, two seconds after the whistle giving each other a little shove, move on. Everybody walks back as long as they don't like start going back at it again, push them and then push again. Nobody's getting penalties. Nobody's getting like thrown out of games. So I just don't understand this. Like old coach or not, like if you don't want to be in the action, back the fuck up. Stay out of the fucking action. And you're right. Like you, you can't make it like subjective to that. But I like the optics weren't even really that bad. Like the guy. 
the guy was definitely me. Like I could see me be put in that situation is like yeah. where like someone's like rolling at your legs kind of, and you're like, okay, well, we're going to just, you know, gently like stop yep. you and like pick you back up. Like it, I don't it was, think that he did anything wrong. Right. No, but no. I don't think Walker should get kicked out of the game for what he did either. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a stupid play. Though. Like you, you can't do shit like that, whether you're getting a 15-yard penalty yeah. or getting kicked out of the game. But it, it was weak. It, they shouldn't have kicked him out of the game for that. Um, no, I, I totally agree with you. But dumb play. Yeah, I let's honestly get, let's get through the scoring stuff and we can get it more into this stuff, I suppose, too. Right. Yeah. And I'm going to try to be a little bit quicker here. So uh, Bills end up tacking on a field goal before the end of the second quarter and going into halftime. The Packers are down 24 to seven uh, Packers come out, get a field goal. The Bills respond with a field goal of their own. Um yeah, and then we just have a bunch of drives with interceptions. Uh, Rodgers ends up throwing two interceptions in this game. The Packers end up getting two. Did, did we no, get two interceptions? Rodgers Rogers threw one, I think. Oh, yeah, shit. My bad. Uh, yeah. With the – this is – Yeah, so uh, we, get an, we get an interception. Rodgers runs onto the field. He throws it in the first play. He throws in there, bounces off a guy's helmet into the air, throws an interception. Um, on that same drive where we get that interception, we uh, so Bills take the ball back over, drive it down to like the five. We get an interception. It starts going the other way. I think it was Alexander got the second one. Douglas got the first one. Yep, you nailed it right there. Yeah, it was break my brain how it's put on this sheet uh but yeah the the interception that we got gave us so much momentum and then we just gave the ball right back but yeah it was tough it was a kind of a heartbreaker that interception that rogers threw yeah but but yeah then we do end up turning them over inside the red zone so that was a good thing that we were seeing because we've been talking all year that the packers haven't been able to like force turnovers then against one of the best quarterbacks in the league, if not the best quarterback in the league right now, um, you know, top two, we get three, two. Yeah. Yeah. Top two or three guys uh, get, yeah. Two interceptions off them. And then the Packers still don't stop running the ball, which was great to see. I mean, I know we're down 17 points at that point. Um, but yeah, still we're running the ball strong. And then uh big touchdown pass to Toure. Just a bomb. Like it was like vintage Rogers when he cocks back and you're like, okay, he's throwing a deep ball. Someone's gonna be wide open or he's gonna be putting it on the money. And yep. Toure just ends up being just wide ass open um in the middle of the field. Uh after that, so that makes the score 17 to 27. And that's kind of where the scoring stops. Um, after the touchdown, the Packers do end up forcing a punt. Uh, the Bills drained four minutes off the clock there. And then 
we put together a drive. Uh, LaFleur thought it was a better decision to kick a, what was it like? Well, it was fourth, it was fourth down. It was fourth down. So like it was fourth and I don't remember, maybe, maybe a couple. And so they decided to kick the field goal instead of like try to get the fourth down, which makes, it made sense. It was fine. You're going to have to get an onside kick either way. And uh, Crosby misses it. So the thing that scares me about the Crosby miss is like, we've seen him get in his own head about missing field goals. And it, I get that that's a long field goal and maybe that one doesn't affect him, but I don't like to set him up for failure, especially if like long-term that he's going to miss field goals moving forward. Like I said, I think that he's a great kicker. I just don't want him to get in his head again. I guess we're eight games in, so it shouldn't be like the end of the world, but, and he's having a nice season. I think that I'm not remembering him missing too often currently. No, he's, yeah, you're right. He's having a great season. And if you look at that one again, it definitely wasn't all on Crosby. It was a shitty snap uh, right off the bat. Like I, I seen it live. Like I was like, are you kidding me? So yeah, bad snap, which is, it doesn't make it any better. Like it's, (laughs) we were going to have the same guy snapping the ball. Yeah. I mean, well, so that could have been the woes last year is that it was snaps and, like bullshit too. Like that's a possibility. Yeah. But yeah, watch, watch that one again. Um, it definitely wasn't, wasn't all Crosby on that miss because field goal wasn't even really close. And yeah. And then one play that ends the game. Uh, the yep. bills kneel it out. So, right, anyways, so what is your, what's your kind of takeaways from what you saw from the Packers? So I think maybe I might be the only one attacking the game this this way, but I I liked it a lot. Like I liked what I seen from the Packers is the change in the Packers coaching staff at on the offensive side of the ball, I will say. Um, I don't know what to say about the defense when you have uh, Devondre Campbell going down and you have Quay, Quay Walker getting kicked out of the game. It's tough. Uh, the tackling wasn't looking good. I think Savage got put on blast. Um, uh, like our safeties that should be able to make some tackles got put on blast. But anyways, I'll, I will say what I thought was good. So I liked uh, how I was calling how uh, Aaron Jones should play a little wing back and we were finding a way to get him the ball at a wing back. I liked the way that they were finding a way to get uh, Aaron Jones the ball any way possible. And they they were very stubborn. Like they they changed their play calling completely. Um it looked like they knew they were going into a game that they were going to be outmatched in and they were going to find a way to use at least a little bit of smoke and mirrors to for sure keep keep pace with this buffalo team and i think if they can just incorporate that into their rest of the season plan going forward i like the way this offense is looking i think rogers showed flashes of trusting some of his young receivers that he's gonna have to do um when when the time was right um 
So I think the young wide receivers looked a lot better this week too. Maybe mm-hmm. because they're not demanded to play really highly effective for 40 plays and they are only, you know, 25. Where Jones and Dylan, uh, Jones at least is a veteran. He's expected to play at a high level for 40 plays or whatever it is. Those two combined are probably at 40 touch, 30 to 40 touches. And so put the onus on them and not so much on the young wide receivers. Um, I think the thing that bothers me the most is that this is the first time I saw like a little like, hey, let's let's fucking go. Let's do some stuff. And if we just have a little let's fucking go in the last three games, we win two of those. Right. And I have no doubt in my mind that the Giants, the Jets, and the Commanders, two of those games we win. I don't think we beat the Jets. I think the Jets had our number that day. They played super, super well. Um, but I think the Giants and the Commanders, if you play with a little passion, you beat them both. Like just a little fire. And they just didn't. And against the Bills, I the thing that I liked is that they played with passion. And they made a concerted effort to run the ball. But it bothers me that much more about the Giants and the Commanders. Like, these are all NFL teams. You can't walk into stadiums anymore and just expect to get a win. And I think, to some extent, that's what we've been doing this year. Is we walk into a stadium and expect, we're the Green Bay Packers. The, this team is not as good as us. We're going to get a win. And if you do that, you're going to be bad. Right, you're no. going to end up being a bad team, especially this year. No, I have supreme faith in Rodgers, and this game just made me feel so much better because I just think he's a wise dude. That I know people say he tries to be a little bit like too much, you know, like a little too. I won't even say analytical, but like like wisdom. I guess, but after that last loss uh, to the commanders, he goes, this might be what this team needs. And I think that addresses kind of like what you were saying, Mike, is, is he seen that this team, you know, walks into games. I know he hasn't been the best uh, like leader in the sense that, Hey, I'm going to, take the blame for this one. Like I'm going to take the blame for this one, but that's where I'm thinking he's smarter than most guys. And he's like, that's not going to help these guys out at all. If I say, Hey, if I played better, I'm going to win this or like, we're going to win this game. Like he's like, these guys need to stop thinking just because they have me, the two time MVP that I'm just going to be able to go out and fix all these problems by myself. Like, and right. So you got to call somebody out, right? Like, so you can call yourself out as much as you want, right? You can say, Hey, you know, uh, I might've misplaced that ball to Dobbs at his knee. Right. And that's why he dropped it. I, that's on me. Like if he comes out and says that, well, what does that tell Dobbs? I don't have to work any harder. Right. I'm Mm -hmm. fine. Maybe he needs to work on catching that ball at his knees because that's not something that's rare for Aaron Rodgers to do. He throws that ball way lower than your waist frequently. Um, 
seen it a few times, and he doesn't want the ball to pop off somebody's helmet and get picked. And it almost happened twice last night. So it did happen once on Aaron's own fault. He bounced it off a lineman, like a defender or something. So can't blame that on a wide receiver. And then one of them, the wide, it bounced off the wide receiver, and it went right in the air. And then it was uh, almost picked off, too. I think it was a wide receiver. I don't think it was tipped at the line. Um, yeah. But And I think I was for a long time thinking, like, the Packers' defense isn't doing enough. The Packers' defense isn't doing enough. The Packers' defense isn't doing enough. I would like to see them play more aggressively, right, and maybe – not worry so much about like giving up a huge play because they give those up anyway. Um, what I'd like to see them do is try to create turnovers, but I think their defense is exceptional, right? So even in our uh, four losses, uh, the commanders score 23. That's underneath our threshold. Uh, the Vikings score 23. That's underneath our threshold. And then the Bills are probably the best offensive team in the league. And so 27, I can deal with, right? So our offense needs to be slightly better against a team that has that much offensive power, right? And then we give up 10 and 12 in other games. And then I think our defense is really good at not giving up boatloads of points. Our offense just is no longer good at scoring those boatloads of points. Yeah, and the <clears throat> the deck was stacked against us in this game. Like Quay Walker out semi early, you know, before the first half. Devondre Campbell goes down, so that's our guys that you know are going to be able to make a play on or keep eyes on Josh Allen. Keep him the guys that can move well enough to stay with him. Like Quay Walker going out like kills us because probably sideline to sideline, he's as fast as. Allen would be my guess. Yeah, I'd have to look it up. Or close, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, game speed is going to be different than their 40 times and shit like that. But no, I I feel pretty good after this game, which may sound like loser mentality, but I think I think the Packers finally found out like they're not the team that's just going to go out and play like straight up football and we're better than you. We're going to make you adjust to us. Like it seemed like the coaching staff had something prepared. They were ready to be innovative uh, and try to stop stalling out where we've been stalling out in the past. Cause if you look at our numbers, i looked at it. I, I want to say before last week, like in yards per game, like we're up there, like we're top five in points per game, like we're 25th, 26th. So like they're just not finishing drives. And it looks like someone, whoever it is, LaFleur, whatever, like is like we're we're gonna have to find a better way to finish drives. And I mean, this wasn't like the best example of a game like where we were finishing drives. But there was definitely wrinkles in the playbook that we hadn't seen yet to this point, like end arounds, uh, flea flick. Oh, for sure. Uh, yep. Just things. yeah, some trick plays, right? Some things that were just a little off script for us, yeah. which is perfect. 
I like that. I think that you should do it a little bit more. What? How many flea flickers do you think we've seen in the last 30 years, Pat? Five, yeah. maybe. Yeah. There's some teams that run five a year. And it's, I guess I think the majority of those teams are teams that are like outgunned. But like, if you look back on like Pittsburgh Super Bowl teams and stuff, they were full of that shit. Like they, they had yep. no pride against uh, letting not fuck. Now his name escapes me. Antoine Randall throw it to yeah. Heinz Ward or some shit like that. Like, right. And we got a guy in Cobb that like, was a quarterback or recruited as a quarterback or whatever. So we know we can throw the ball a little bit, right? Randall Cobb was the quarterback at Kentucky. Yeah. I think he played, he was kind of like the dude at Kentucky. Like, yeah, Fair they, enough, they would just right? let him do whatever he wanted. Cause he was leaps and bounds better than everybody on the team. Which is funny. Cause that's an sec school. Right. And so it's a little, little strange that it but is they Kentucky. were a terrible. It SEC. Is, yeah. It's Kentucky. Like, I guess Kentucky's actually good this year, but Tennessee. They weren't. When Randall Cobb came out, they were not good. Yeah. And after Tennessee got done with them this week, I don't know. I don't know how good they think they are anymore. But anyways, that's getting a little off topic. But yeah, I mean, get it, get it however you can. Like we're stalling in the red zone. Yep. And we have the two-time MVP or like back-to-back MVP, reigning two-time MVP, and he's not able to get it done. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is like, hey, no, I don't want you to take the ball out of my hands in this situation, but it shouldn't even be on him anymore. Like, it's like, hey, we got to figure out a way to like shake shake yep. things loose. And uh, I think so, I think they're addressing it. That's all I'm saying. Yep, and I think like the other thing that I noticed last night is, we're not catching any breaks, right? And I don't want to, I don't want to blame the officials, but like, every, it feels like every time that there's a call on the field, it's going against us, right? So we get last week, it's the Stokes play on a pick six or a fumble recovery for a touchdown, where we get an illegal contact, and then basically the exact same play happens, but the defender falls down this time after he's putting you know, biased opinion, he's putting his hands on Tunyon. And all of a sudden, now it's an offensive pass interference and we get a touchdown taken off the board again. Uh, yeah, the Quay shit. Walker thing happens and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, it just feels like every time there's a play that we make that's positive, we get a huge, and granted, there was probably a holding on that huge kickoff return, right? Yeah. I'm certain there was. But like every time we make a play like that, there's something that happens, you know, and I just don't feel like we're getting any breaks. And I feel like that has to come eventually that I don't think it's officials trying to be bad. I don't think it's officials trying to play or like throw penalties for the other team. It could be that we're just not very disciplined and we actually commit those penalties and they're getting called on us but I'm hoping that it's something both teams are doing and we're just getting caught doing it. And so eventually we'll stop getting caught doing it and the other team will get caught doing it. Yeah. No, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. And 
I, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, you were hundred percent right. So just in penalties, I guess like the disparity isn't as big as like you would have thought it was, but Packers have eight penalties totaling 58 yards where I, I don't know if the kick return like counts for yards. It couldn't because that like took 58 yards off the off. Yeah. Cause they went us. back to like the five or something like that. Yeah, right? It, it was crazy how far they brought us back. And and Buffalo had four penalties for 35 yards. I totally forgot about the touchdown taken off the board. Um, which we did get which, a field goal out of, right? Yeah, but which, which did look a little weak. But, I mean, if you just look across the board at these team stats, I think we can wrap it up after, after this. But so total yards – uh, Green Bay outgains them 398 to 369. Uh, total plays, Green Bay runs 63 to their 54. Time of possession, obviously, if you're hearing those stats, Green Bay has the ball for 34 minutes to uh, Buffalo's 26 minutes in that game. And, and yeah, I mean – we were a lot better on third downs this game. We were six for 12. Uh, Buffalo was two for seven. But and all that being said, like they, they had the lead the whole game. So I get where like a biased fan like me kind of like gains hope from these and where a pessimistic fan would be like, well, no shit, dude. Like they're scoring, you know, every fucking time they throw the ball like they're not going to have the ball that long um but i i just think there's there was a lot of good to take away from this game um this isn't where i thought the packers were going to be at this point in the season but i will say after watching this game i'm not too worried uh i know our schedule doesn't get well i mean it gets easier than the buffalo bills but it doesn't get easier than uh the commanders and stuff. So next we go to the lions. Then we have the Cowboys, which is going to be a competent team. The Titans, uh, we're going to have to learn how to shut down the round. We got the Eagles on the schedule, the dolphins on the schedule, the Vikings on the schedule. So, so I think we got, if we look at the schedule, you can mark off four wins. I think the Cowboys bears and both lions games. Nope. So the Rams, uh, Bears and both Lions games can be wins, right? So if you can pull off two other ones, get to uh, nine and eight, that'd be okay, I guess. But I feel like we can we can get to ten or eleven wins. I really do. Like I think people think I'm crazy saying that would win lose one on the way out, but I really do think that that's a good possibility here especially if you play inside the mostly the type of game script that we had last night. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at it like giants, we had the lead for most of the game commanders. We had the lead for most of the game. So we had a lead against the jets and then they just kind of stomped on us. Right. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm holding out faith. I'm, I'm not eating any shorts. Uh, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm excited to see what this Packer team uh, has moving forward. Uh, I I do hope we get a little bit more aggressive on defense. I don't want to ho- open up a whole new can of worms, but it does seem like something needs to change there. 
And it, it was like the special teams. I can't even remember Mo Drayton last year. Uh, like how everybody was like, dude, we need to do something with Mo Drayton. But I do think LaFleur needs to have a conversation with Barry and be like, man, like people that are watching this on TV, not even the guys who are getting the all 22 are seeing you're fucking something up. Like we, we need to, we need to figure out a way to get after the quarterback more. We need to figure out a way to force more turnovers. And he did it. I mean, the Packers did it at least against the bills. I they, think did, they did better in the second half of that game to get after Josh Allen than they did the entire first half of the, of that game for sure. And most of the season, but a couple times it was third down and third and long, I feel like, and he was rushing three guys and I just couldn't figure it out. It just never makes sense to me. No. Yeah. I'm going to start digging into the all 22 for you guys. And I'll let you know what I would have done on, on these plays. <laughs> and it, it's probably engage a just bring it. Yeah. Zero Doctor, blitz. I love it. Dr. Heat. Um, I can't remember who the D coordinator that goes by Dr. Heat is, but anyways, let's move, let's move on. We're going to make this a two hour show and it'll be my fault. Anyways, we are going to go to the bing bong barking at the bing bongs. We got to think of another dog pun to put in here. Uh, we'll, We'll just call it barking at the bing bongs right now, but that isn't a sold product. So we have, uh, Mike, who did our schedule this week and I fully trusted him. I have my gripe, gripe. I have my uh, beef with Mike that he forgot to put two games in there that I would have got right. But anyways, Mike. Yeah. I would have got him right too. For sure. Easy, easy peasy. So we would have been six and nine instead of uh, four and nine. So both of us go four and nine this week. We're going to go four and 10. It's 25 to nothing (laughs) Browns right now. Holy shit. Yeah. Didn't see that one coming. Uh, but Mike, uh, so a... I think we kind of did. We both said that the Bengals are a little bit more ho hum without Chase, which came down in the middle of the show. Yeah. No, or I mean it was Friday. like it was like right. It was before the show because that was my hot street was was that he was down. Um, Still, we didn't have time to process that. <laughs> that that's what we'll say. <laughs> Throw so, that one out. So we're both going to lose, oof, man, we're both going to lose 700 bing bongs this week. Uh, going four and 10 each, we're going to count this Bengals game as a loss right now. So Mike is down a thousand bing bongs on the season and I am down 2,260 bing bongs on the season. So got them right is- where we want them, Pat. <laughs> we got them right where we want them. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so last year we both ended up making money um, and we, we hadn't even started this show yet. We didn't start till mid November, I want to say, but anyways, let's roll through these games as quick as we can. And I'm just going to do them in as chronological order as ESPN gives them to me. So first game we have was the Thursday night game Ravens at the Buccaneers. Um, Ravens might be an outstanding team, and I sadly think the Bucs are still a pretty good team. I can't get off them. 
I don't think Tom Brady's as washed as people are saying he is. Cause even watching that game, like I still seen some shine in Tom Brady and like they have great receivers. They have a decent defense. Ravens are just a really good team. And yeah, that that's a team that the bucks are going to have a problem with, but yeah. And the Ravens give up 12 in the fourth quarter again. I mean, so they're, you know, doing what they do. And I want to say there was somewhat of a chance late, but I can't remember. I'm not going to jog my brain, but we will go to the Broncos at the Jaguars and the Broncos win this one 21 to 17. Yeah. So uh, Wilson finally steps up when he needs to and uh, great last drive to win the game. Uh, But the teams did look fairly evenly matched. Uh, which probably means that the Broncos are not that good and the Jaguars are better than we expected them to be. Yeah, no. And that's yeah, exactly what I thought. Like Russell Wilson. Yeah. Had some runs to keep some drives alive and he looked good, but yeah, the Broncos don't look as good as I thought they were going to be. So next game we have is the Panthers at the Falcons. This game goes into overtime, but the Panthers can't get out of their own way in this one. Uh, P.J. Walker drops probably the dime of the year to D.J. Moore uh, to tie this game up. Then D.J. Moore takes his helmet off, starts celebrating. Uh, they miss they miss the extra point. So this game goes into overtime. Then the Panthers pick off the ball, get into field goal range. I want to say it was like a 46-yard field goal. Miss that field goal, and the Falcons were just handed a gift. So from there, uh, they drive it down, kick a field goal, end up winning this game. Uh, Whatever. They did what they had to do. They got the W. Panthers were the Panthers in that game. But next game we have is the Bears at the Cowboys. And, Mike, what do you got? So Cowboys kind of roll with this one, uh, 49 to 29. Um, Cowboys look good, and the Bears – just kind of don't like offensively. They're just not there. Um, Dak played really, really well. Looks like he doesn't want to be there to be any question about who the number one quarterback in Dallas should be, which there really shouldn't be. Dak's been a high performer for kind of a, a long time outside of his injuries. Um, Tony Pollard looks like he doesn't want there to be any doubt about who the number one running back in Dallas is. And he doesn't want to be Zeke um, playing at a really high level. Um, The Cowboys defense uh, like they did last year, puts their offense in good positions and allows them to score a lot more points than other ones because they get a lot of turnovers. Right. Um, Yeah. The Cowboys just kind of roll in this. Yeah, Micah Parsons ends up with a fumble recovery, runs it back for a touchdown. Dude seems to always be in the right place. But, yeah, Cowboys look Best good. defender in the league, I think, is Micah yeah. Parsons. Yeah, it seems, seems to be. I, I don't have a good argument against maybe the Watt. Uh, wow. TJ. No, yeah, TJ. <laughs> I was going to say Derek, but, hey, Derek got a touchdown this week, I'm pretty sure. Anyways, next nice. game we have is the Dolphins at the Lions. And this is a game I sure enough I didn't write any notes for, but Dolphins just are that team that 
keeps winning games they need to win. And this is a game that they probably should have won and needed to win. Um, I want to say the Lions jumped out to an early lead on them, but Tua and Waddle and the weapons that Tua has, the Dolphins are going to be a tough out, and they don't quit playing until the final whistle. Um, no points were scored in the fourth quarter, so maybe, maybe that's not completely accurate, but they pulled this game off and walked away with the W in Detroit. Uh, it wasn't pretty, but they got it done. Next game yeah, we so have. Oh, sorry. I heard that game was kind of like a video game, like just kind of like boom, 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 boom. You know, I didn't get to end up watching it, but just felt like a lot of scoring both ways, you know. Yeah, and this was one that I only paid attention to pretty much on red zone. Um, but just like looking at the final score and like what was showing up on red zone is, yeah, like you said, it's kind of like video game-ish, but like, the Lions are hit or miss if they're going to, like, shoot it out with the team. And the Dolphins are down to shoot it out with anybody. I mean. Yep. yep. They, they, they love the, the shootouts, I think. Yeah, they caught the Bills. I want to say they caught the Ravens. So they got some good Ws in there, in their repertoire. So Dolphins are that scrappy team. I think they're dangerous. Next team we have is the Cardinals at the Vikings. And the Vikings win this game one. Vikings win this game 34 to 26. You got anything, Mike? Uh, so I think offensively, the Vikings are pretty good. There's almost no chance the Packers have an opportunity to catch them at this point. Um, I think when it comes down to it, their defense is going to cost them a game in the playoffs. And that's what it'll be for the Vikings. Yeah. No, I mean, the Vikings, I think both teams are pretty above above average here. Yeah, no, I think the Vikings are starting to look a little bit scary, but yeah, no, I agree. Like, they don't look like Super Bowl bound scary. Anyways, next game we have is the Raiders at the Saints and the Saints just butt pound the Raiders in this one. Um, I'm going to say after this game, I am completely off. The radars. Car sucks. Like, granted, Waller's down, but is Renfro down too? I didn't go back. Uh, I think he was down early in the season, but I th- I thought I heard he was back, but I'm not positive. So yeah, I should have checked um, into that. I just saw this one and I was like, I'm not even gonna go back and watch it. Uh I know so you have what car did and car sucks. You have Josh Jacobs and you have Devonta Adams. You should be able to figure something out. Yeah, you should be able to score a point. I know the Saints' defense is yep. good, but they're three Hasn't and five. Hasn't been that on, good this year. Yeah, no, they're three Hasn't and been five that on this year. year. Yep. So five teams have figured out a way to outscore them. Next yep. game we have is the Patriots, the big brother at the little brother Jets in New Jersey. What do you got, Mike? Yeah. So. Uh, the Patriots do what they do. They find a way to score points. Um, looks like they have five field goals in this matchup, and Nick Volk just kind of dominates the game, right? Yeah. That's all they need to win. I, so I guess they get a touchdown in there somewhere, but five <laughs> field goals is uh, is pretty good. Yeah, we're bringing back the BJ portion of the show after this, but 
that just that for Nick real. Folk, you want to give him a nice slobbery one, huh? Heck yes. I want to give him the best job for special teams for sure. Uh, next game we have is the Steelers at the Eagles and the Eagles keep rolling piss pound, uh, beat the hammered dog shit out of the Steelers. I don't know what, what more you need to see Steelers stink this year. Eagles are good. Uh, yep. Really, 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 really good. And Vegas yep. is starting to get on the Eagles. So I was a year early on the Eagles. Just want to keep telling you guys that I knew they were going to be good. Next game we have is the Titans at the Texans and the Titans win this one 17 to 10. I thought this was a trap. I'm a dipshit though. Yeah. So uh, I think this kind of played out the way we expected. The Titans aren't going to blow you out. The Texans can't hang with most teams offensively, right? Um, Titans put up 17 points, mostly on the back of uh, Derrick Henry, who is a beast. I think he's. I think he is now tied with OJ and somebody else for the most 200-yard games in a career. Damn. Yeah. No. And I it feels like he's going to have four or five more. Yeah, no, he's he's not done having 200-yard games yet, especially with uh, Malik Willis taking over there. I can't remember what his stat line was, but it definitely wasn't good, and they're definitely giving him the or the early uh, Tom Brady slash early Ben Roethlisberger treatment where they have good running games and good defenses. And they're going to let him ease into his way. I, I don't know. Maybe once Tannehill's healthy, he'll be back. So I won't talk into my ass too much on that one. Uh, next yeah, but we- I think you might be right on that, that, like, just make sure we don't lose. That's what yeah. they did to Brady and uh, Roethlisberger early in their careers. Just make sure we don't lose. We're yeah. going to figure it out on the other side of the ball and in our run game. Yeah. Next game we have is the Commanders at the Colts. And this one surprised the shit out of me. Um, but, yeah, my boy uh, Tyler Thigpen, as I was calling him last week. Uh, now, now, now I want to call him Chad Henney. Uh, God damn it, Mike, help me on this one. Taylor, Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke. And I even put it in my notes later. Oh, no. Never mind. But anyways, Magic Man, that dude, if you keep a game close, he he likes those close games and he strives under that pressure. So no more Carson Wentz for either of these teams to poop his pants and lose the game. Uh, Heineke and the commanders keep it close and they pull this game off 17 to 16 in Indianapolis, which I think is a really good win for the commanders team. And the Colts, I mean, they can't get Jordan Taylor going. So I don't know. Uh, yeah. They, they tried to mix it up with Ellinger this week. And maybe, you know, I mean, it was his first start ever. So maybe he'll find something. But definitely, definitely not a great game for the Colts. They needed to win that one. And they did not. Uh, next game we have is the 49ers at the LA Rams and the 49ers win this one 31 to 14. And if you didn't hear about this one, you're going to hear about it now. Yeah. So uh, Christian McCaffrey gets the, 
I guess I want to say like triple threat or whatever, but he scores a touchdown three ways. He passes one, he catches one, and he runs one in. Uh, <coughs> Mike's hitting that me. good stuff while he's recording this. Yeah, right in the middle of my fucking talking, too. Real smart of me. Uh, anyway, first time it's happened since 2005. Pretty impressive move. Uh, if you're a Debo Samuel owner in fantasy sports, you should probably uh, shit can that. Just cut him. No way. Like yeah, I think they're going to use McCaffrey and all that stuff. Yeah, all I the mean, stuff that Debo was doing that was off schedule is going to go right to McCaffrey. But I think Shanahan's going to find a way to get both those guys in on the magic. And Debo Samuel is like a man. Like it's not like it's not. So was like, Christian McCaffrey. That that is true, but. I feel like they have fairly different skill sets where Debo Samuel is like, I will run you over. I will get yards after the catch in a different way where Christian McCaffrey is, Hey, get me in the open field and I'm going to make anybody miss. And Debo Samuel is give me in the open field and I'm going to run over anybody who tries to impede that open field. Yeah. So I think that, uh, because of how good he is, the like all that running like from the wing sp spot is going to go to McCaffrey here moving forward. I think Shanahan's just too good of a coach that's going to find a way to make it deadly both ways. I, I think the 49ers are going to be something to be reckoned with uh, here down the stretch. Yeah. Is could, I mean, either I would way, expect I mean, so. I would yeah. expect so, right? Even if they don't have McCaffrey, I would expect them to be a bit of a problem. Yeah. All right. Last game we got for you um, for the week. I guess since we covered the Sunday night game with it being the Packers versus the Bills is uh, New York Giants at the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks won this one 10, 27 to 13. Um, and I think Seattle might be a real team now i'm i am done doubting them i i quit doubting them last week i'm happy that i quit doubting them uh, but yeah pete carroll got the boys going well and what what did i write here the giants did follow the way to yeah, yeah. The Giants fumbled away two punts in this one. Uh, it looked like it was like pretty dreary out there. So the Giants did run into some last year uh, Packers problems, but the Seattle Seahawks are able to capitalize off that. And I think they got a good thing going in Seattle. And Seattle is never an easy place to play. And it nope. looks like it's going to stay that way this year. Uh, update on the monday night game so <clears throat> the browns are winning 32 to 13 with six minutes and 40 seconds left in the game and mike and i are both going to be losers and all my friends in the group chat that i was in today are all going to be losers as well they should have known they should have known i picked them but anyways we are going to go to pj's BJ's brought to you by Spearmint. Spearmint, 
chew on a stick of spearmint right after you're done giving away a best job. Um, <laughs> then you might be able to get a kiss afterward. So I'm just going to do one from each. So offense, defense, and special. So our offensive best job, BJ, is going to Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Mike was right about this guy. He's pretty smart. Uh, he picked up an offense in less less than two weeks. So he had 18 carries, 94 yards in a touchdown. He had eight receptions, 55 yards in a receiving touchdown. Then he threw one pass for 33 yards in a touchdown. Like Mike said, he's the first guy that's done it since 2005 when Lindanian Tomlinson did that for the Chargers. Next BJ we are going to is the defensive best job of the week, and that's going to go to Devin McCourty for the Patriots. And just putting his little brother in its place, uh, he had six tackles, two interceptions, was pretty crucial in the win that the Patriots pulled off over the Jets. And then my special teams BJ of the week is also in that Patriots game. Nick Folk goes five for five, kicking field goals, and he throws an extra point in there. So how many points would that be, Mike? 16. Nice. Nailed it right on the head. So those are the BJs of the week. So we have Christian McCaffrey, Devin McCourty, and Nick Folk. And that will lead us to... Thursday Night Thunder brought to you by the National Weather Service. Check out your National Weather Service. They are trying to keep you safe and giving you the best forecast in the country since 1936. National Weather Service was founded then and been doing a great job ever since. All right, Mike. Thursday night thunder. Have you looked at the line? I did. I looked at it about I don't know twenty five seconds ago or something like that when you were going through your BBs. So, um, well, let's just I'm, say Eagles no, no, at no, the Texans. Yeah. So I'm sorry, Eagles at the Texans. Uh, Eagles are thirteen point favorites. Uh, I'm going with the Texans. Yeah, I, so we had a hot streak where we were staying on the same page for a while. I am on the coldest streak I've been on in my life, and I want to take the Texans, so I'm going to go against you on this one, Mike. I am going to go with the Eagles. I think the Eagles are going to kick the shit out of them. I just think the Eagles are almost like unstoppable against uh, inferior opponent as the Texans. Like, I, I don't think the Texans can get them off the field on third downs with like the way Jalen hurts is playing and, and just the way that offense is clicking. So I think the Eagles are going to kick the shit out of Houston. And yeah, I, I don't think this is like a measuring stick game for the Eagles at any point, but they're geared up, locked up, ready to go. And they haven't, been disappointing. I mean, are, are they the only undefeated right. team left in the yep. 
gotta be. So yep. I I am not gonna doubt them until they stumble. But 13 points, that's a lot of points. And Thursday night games have been weird as shit. Always since Thursday night games have yeah existed. That short that short week messes with so many people. All right. Uh, well, I, unless Mike's got anything, you gonna put a finger up? What do you you were just no, gonna say so I just wanted to see who they played next. It doesn't matter. They're playing the commies next, so it's not like they're running into like a trap game or anything like that either, I don't think. So that is what it is. So yeah, no. They they I wanted to been, check that, but they have been humming and I mean they're on on pace for the one seed. So that's what I like to see. I think it's gonna be like a messy shakeup of a playoff on the NFC side of things. Um, I can't remember if they won the division. No, they didn't win the division last year. But I, I just think the NFC, I do think the Eagles are, are really – Yeah, really they won the division team. last year. Oh, so, so they did. Win. The Eagles did? Yeah. They, oh, were, okay. they made the playoffs. They weren't – I don't think anybody was worried about them in the playoffs, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they'll be worried this year, but – Nah, I'm not worried about anybody rolling the table. Hell yeah, that's what I like to hear, Mike. But anyways, that will wrap it up for this episode of Bang on the Drum. As always, thank you guys for listening. We love you. Um, Appreciate the support. We're going to just keep getting better. We're going to keep throwing out banger after banger after banger. And this this show ain't stopping anytime soon. It's not in the foreseeable future. So, Mike, tell them what to do to keep our hopes up and keep our spirits alive. Even though, even if you don't download it and hate us, we don't give a shit. We're coming out anyways. But yeah, if you guys all stop listening, we're still coming out with you. Might as well listen because we're we're coming out with more one way or the other. Uh, so, download it on all your devices. Subscribe on whatever, however you listen to it. Um, steal your significant others, your kids' phones, whatever you got, your parents' phones. Uh, subscribe on there, play it on there. Just make us feel better about it on the inside. And for all you guys that are doubting the Bucks, the Badgers, the Brewers, or the Packers, you can eat our shorts. Roll it. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can eat my shorts. Eat my shorts.